0: In January 2020, Pam Paget, a member of the Body of Christ, awakened one morning with the word podcast very strongly in her mind. She reached over and got her Kindle tablet and looked up podcast to see what it was. And then she told me, At the time this happened, I was considering going back on radio. But when I heard about podcast, I thought that sounded really good because radio is in one city and you have to hear the radio program at the exact time it's being made. Podcasts you have all over the world and you have a library of information that you can build up for the church. I thought it sounded really good. That night I had a dream there were starving kittens at my front door and my it was absolutely covered the front door of my house just outside the door were just kittens everywhere and some were baby kittens and some were almost at the point of death and then i opened my garage door and there were kittens all in my garage waiting I said to God, what are these kittens? How am I supposed to take care of them? And I realized it was the church, and it was podcast. I was to feed them by podcast. So I began making podcasts in February, first week in February 2020. There's a scripture that says, exhort one another daily. That's in Hebrews 3. And there's one in Hebrews 10 which says, Exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day of the Lord approaching. Well, I definitely see the day of the Lord approaching. So I don't make a recording for you every week or so. I record daily because that scripture says exhort one another daily. I record every day. I know one thing that it is so important for us to hear godly exhortations because the time as we draw near to the return of Jesus, the evil around us grows much worse. And in Matthew 24, Jesus said, Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many will wax cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. There are waves of problems that come. Some are real and some are imagined. But the devil just sends waves sometimes of problems. We can almost be swept away except for the Holy Spirit who rises up in us to remind us of things of God. A few days ago, I had a very strong thought you're not really supposed to be a minister. You've gone the wrong way. You're, you've are you got it all wrong. Immediately, the Holy Spirit rose up in me to remind me of something that happened to me shortly after I was born again. I was taken into heaven twice. And at that time, I was merged into the body of Jesus. The Word made one with the Word. God and the Holy Spirit witnessing. That happened to me twice. I believe it's when I was ordained to be a minister of Jesus. Apostle, prophet are the two ministry offices I work in. Apostles are simply those people anointed by God to deal with church doctrines and try to get the doctrines of the Bible to the individuals in the churches, because many of the churches are antichrist. They have turned from Scripture, and they are antichrist, and they're not teaching all of the doctrines of the New Testament church. Why? Because they would be unpopular. One of the doctrines of the New Testament Bible is the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Have you ever heard that taught at your church? I've never heard it taught at any church. It would offend people, but it is in Matthew five thirty-two. There are many other doctrines that are offensive to people. The ones appointed as New Testament apostles deal with doctrines continually. Prophets are called by God to deliver messages to the church. They can be warnings. They can be corrections. But we are always sent to the church, not to the world. And it's always the church who kills the prophet. So when I had that thought, you're not really supposed to be a minister, when I had that thought, the Holy Spirit rose up in me to remind me of the things God had done with me when I was first born again, taking me into heaven. And I believe that's when I was ordained in these ministry offices. This is what will happen to you. It will seem like it's your thought, and you you will think, I thought this. But it was really a devil trying to weaken your faith or cause you to doubt God or pull you off the course that God has set for you. That happens all the time, and it will get worse and worse. The delusions of the end time get so bad that Jesus said if the time was not shortened, even the elect would not be saved. That's in Matthew 24. So I am given to you by God to present podcasts and then later in 2021, tweets, which I was shown to start in, I believe it was February 2021. To feed the church, to feed you, the babies, who are trying to attend church, but they don't even know that doctrines are corrupt in the churches. Because they're babies, they don't know enough. When you learn the New Testament Bible, you will begin to recognize the corruption when you see it. You don't have to look for the corruption. You will simply know this is opposite to what the Bible taught to what I read in the Bible, this is opposite. That happened to me at the first church that I attended when I was first born again. My best friend said, Joni, you've got to go to church. And I said, I do? And she said, yes. So I went to the church they went to, she and her husband. It was a church called Believer's Chapel, and the, the pastors were from Dallas Theological Seminary. When I first started going there, they were teaching tongues of the devil. But I was reading the Bible one day and came across 1 Corinthians fourteen thirty nine, where Paul says, covet to prophesy and forbid not to speak with tongues. Well, they were forbidding tongues at the church I was attending, and the Bible said don't do that. They were opposite from the Bible antichrist. So I left that church. I never went back. So as a new Christian, I was confronted with this problem. Later, God showed me many problems. And he showed me that at the end time, the churches have to fall away before Jesus returns. That's what Paul said in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, that Jesus could not return except there came a falling away first and that man of sin be revealed. That's Antichrist to his coming who comes into the church the minute the church turns from a portion of scripture, such as the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery, Matthew 5:32). As soon as they eliminated that scripture, the door was open for Antichrist to come into the church. It only takes a portion of a scripture for Antichrist to gain entrance. And the same thing with us. We have to hold fast to all scripture or Antichrist can enter us. Many people are taught in churches that there's one Antichrist and to look for him in governments of men. This has been going on for decades, hundreds of years. In the 1880s, the Russians were taught that Antichrist was Napoleon because Napoleon was attacking Russia. In the 1940s, some people thought Antichrist was Hitler. It's easy to see why that would happen. But for decades, people have been taught there's one Antichrist, and he comes through governments of men. But if you will look at 1 John chapter 2, verse 18, John explains to the church, there are many Antichrists, and the Antichrist comes through the churches. He comes into the churches in these humans who oppose doctrine that's being taught in the church. Well, when the doctrine is correct, such as John was holding correct doctrine, then those Antichrists will leave you. But if the doctrine is already Antichrist, corrupt, in the churches, we who are of God have to leave those churches when we recognize they're teaching something Opposite to the Bible, such as the example I gave you when I was a new Christian. 1 John 2, verses 18 and 19. John says to the church of his day, Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now there are many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, from our church group, but they were not of us, for had they been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. For a time they come and sit among the real church, but then they will leave because they don't have the Spirit of God and they're looking for something else. Today, they've started their demo- denominations. Since the resurrection of Jesus, they've been setting up denominations, which were Antichrist, teaching things opposite from the Bible. We can't sit in those churches, and they will not sit with us and hear the real doctrine. Paul once said to Timothy, the time will come they won't put up with sound doctrine but they will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears and they will turn away from the truth we certainly see that right now all over all over the world in the christian type churches they won't put up with sound doctrine like matthew 532 the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery they won't put up with that doctrine they've got to have a doctrine that's closer to the thinking of the world. Why? They want big crowds. Big crowds mean big money. Big churches, big crowds, big money. You can definitely look for churches where they want to please the people to get them to come to church. I went to a museum dinner at Texas Tech when I lived in Lubbock, Texas. I was seated next to a man who was wearing the largest cross around his neck that I have ever seen. It had to be at least nine inches long. It was wooden and at least nine inches long. He immediately identified himself as the former pastor of Indiana Street Baptist Church. And he said, And we have such a problem at the church. Well, when he talked of the problem... All the people at the table looked up to see what the problem was. He said, we have so many people trying to come to church and we can't seat them. We have added on to the auditorium three times. And we still don't have enough room to seat all the people who are trying to come to church. And I said to him, well, if you would teach what Jesus said in Matthew 5:32. The man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. About half of those people will get up and leave you, and you won't have any trouble seating the people if you teach what Jesus said. His mouth fell open. I got up and fled. I was not going to stay for dinner seated next to a man like that. Matthew 5.32. Let's read it. Jesus says, But I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, divorce his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery. If he divorces a faithful wife and she remarries, she commits adultery is what Jesus is saying. And whosoever shall marry her that is divorced committeth adultery. So we have a situation here where the man divorces a faithful wife, she goes out and remarries and commits adultery when she does that, according to Jesus. And the man who divorced her, a faithful wife, is the cause of her adultery, and the man who marries her commits adultery. That's not what's being taught. I've never heard that taught in any church that I've ever attended. We had a woman in our church group who, this happened before we ever met her, but even before she was born again, she was raised Baptist. She had signed a pledge at the Baptist church that she would not have sex until she was married. She broke that pledge when she was seventeen, had sex, became pregnant, married the man that she was had the child was going to have the child by. And then they ended up having two children. Then she divorced. They divorced. And then later she met a man she wanted to marry. So she went to a pastor at a church. And she said, am I permitted to marry after divorce? And he said, well, my sister divorced and remarried. I don't see anything wrong with it. Later she was born again and read the Bible. And saw that she had committed adultery when, as a divorced woman, she married. She committed adultery. She was so angry with that pastor. She told me the story, and she was just burning with anger. And the Holy Spirit said to me, Well, when she went to that pastor, wasn't she already having sex with the man she wanted to marry? And so I said to her, well, weren't you and Edward already having sex at the time you went to that pastor? She grew very quiet, and then she said, yes. It's kind of a moot point if you're already committing fornication if you go to him and ask him if it'll be adultery if you marry him. Hopefully she got over the bitterness against the pastor. We all have New Testament Bibles. If you want to know what to do, first pray and ask God for wisdom. James 1, five says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. It's a promise of God. It shall be given you. So ask God for wisdom. Most likely then, he will have you to look in your uh, concordance Look on internet under the subject divorce, remarriage, and read all the scriptures on it. Then the Holy Spirit can teach you and you can have doctrine if you're willing to. You can have doctrine according to the Bible. If you're just wanting to prove that you can remarry, forget it. You're not going to get there. But if you have a good heart and you're really willing to go by the scriptures, God will show you. When I come to you speaking these podcasts, I don't come by my own will. God showed me to start doing podcasts. When I do the Twitters, I don't do that by my own will. Often when I'm lying down to rest, God will remind me of a subject. And when he does that, it grows inside me. And I get up and record that subject on a podcast that day. That's how God leads me. To give me the subjects that you need in order to develop and grow. After Jesus was crucified and taken into heaven, that's when he set up the New Testament church from heaven. If you're a brand new Christian, you may or may not know of the situation with the Apostle Paul. He was killing the Christians. He was capturing them, putting them in prison, and consenting to their deaths when they were put to death. After Jesus was crucified and taken into heaven, Paul was out trying to catch Christians heading to Damascus. And on the road to Damascus... All of a sudden, there was a bright light that shone around Paul and the men who were traveling with him. Paul said it was brighter than the sun. That's an amazingly bright light. He fell to the ground, and Jesus spoke to him and said, Acts chapter 9, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Paul said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, Jesus, I'm Jesus, whom thou persecutest. Now, this was a voice from heaven. It's just like today when we're called into the ministry. We have a call of God on our life. Jesus communicates with us. In my case, he took me into heaven twice, and I was merged into the body of Jesus. Other people, it'll be another way. It's not necessarily the same way that he communicates with us, but he does communicate with us if there's a call of God on our life. Somehow, Jesus will communicate with us. There are other ministers who were never called by God to do the work. They wanted to do the work, and they went to Bible school, and they trained at Bible school. I've, I've encountered so many of those. They write to me frequently. They send me emails. And they have, don't have the Spirit of God. They cannot understand what I'm saying to them. But the ones who have the Spirit of God are the ones who are called of God. And they have a special call on their life. And he speaks to them and Jesus teaches them. Ephesians chapter 4 tells us this. When he ascended into heaven he gave gifts to the church. Verse 11 And he, Jesus, gave some apostles to the church. Not an apostle, some apostles. Multiple apostles. Paul is one of the ones he gave to the church. Peter knew Jesus when he walked on the earth. Paul did not. Paul was one of these apostles that Ephesians 4 is speaking of. And he, Jesus, gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that we henceforth being no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the sleight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head even Christ from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Ephesians chapter 4. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. That's whom Jesus gives from heaven for the work of the ministry. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. There's no such thing as Pope, Archbishop, Cardinal, Vicar. No such thing as that. There's no such thing as the mention of the word reverend for any man to call himself reverend. The only time reverend is spoken of in the Bible is in Psalm 111, holy and reverend is God's name. These men who call themselves reverend want to be idolized. They want you to put them on pedestals. They want to be praised. The ones who of God will not call themselves reverend. The first time this subject ever came up in my life, God had put me on radio. And a woman came to me and said she was a, a radio audience. And she said, what do we call you, reverend? I was shocked. I said, oh, no, don't call me reverend. You just call me Joan, like they call Paul, Paul. See, none of these men, Paul, Peter, none of them called himself reverend. They called themselves apostle, and, and Paul was an apostle and teacher and preacher. Peter was an apostle and elder. There were many prophets in the book of Acts. Silas is given as an example of a prophet. Acts 11, Acts 21 also. Agabus. Silas traveled with Paul. Agabus did many works as a prophet and are cited in the New Testament Bible. So there's all types of corruption in the churches today. Don't stay there. When you see something contrary to that which is in the Bible, leave. Matthew 24, the apostles came to Jesus and said, when will be when will you return to the earth and what will be the sign of your returning and the sign of the end in days, in times? First thing Jesus said is, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying I am Christ and shall deceive many. They will come saying Jesus is Lord. And because they say that, you will think they're all right. But they will deceive many because they don't have the Spirit of God. They put themselves into the ministry. One famous person who tried to put himself into the ministry is Vincent van Gogh, the, the artist. He wanted to be a minister. He went to Bible school to be a minister. But he was so bad at it that even they at Bible school didn't want him. And finally he got into the correct field, which was painter. But they come and deceive many because they say they're Christians. People in the congregation who say they're Christians, they, they were baptized in water and they think they're Christians, but they don't have the Spirit. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 1, But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them. It'll be opposite to the word and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness they shall with feigned words make merchandise of you whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. Jude also spoke about this. Beloved, when I gave gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I ran into one of those pastors once. I was trying to find a church to attend, It was a Wednesday night. I sat down to listen to him speak. And he began speaking about the woman taken in adultery as cited in John chapter 8. And this pastor said, And when she was brought before Jesus, she was naked from the waist up. I was horrified, shocked. I turned around. I knew that wasn't true. John chapter 8. I knew what he said wasn't true, but I turned around and I saw the men's faces and they were grinning with big grins. They were imagining this woman naked from the waist up. This is exactly what Jude was talking about here when he said, There are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation ungodly men turning the grace of our Lord God into lasciviousness, lust, causing the people in the congregation to have lust in their hearts. And that's exactly what this man did. I called him the next day, and I said to him, I can't find that in the Bible. I've never seen that in the Bible. Where is it? And what he said to me, he said, Well, I can't remember where it is in the Bible. I said, well, it's very important for me to know that, where it is in the Bible. So would you please look it up and tell your secretary where it is in the Bible and have her call me and tell me? He got very quiet, and then he was very angry, and he shouted at me, all right, it's not in the Bible. Where do you go to church? This was one of those men that's written about here in Jude. I ran into another one a few weeks later when I was trying to find a church. He taught something that's not in the Bible. And when I called him and asked him where it was, he told me the same thing this first one did. I can't remember. And I said, well, it's important to me. Would you please look it up? And he said, oh, right, it's not in the Bible. They showed no shame at all. None. None. They showed no shame, no repentance, nothing. It used to trouble me greatly, but God showed me Antichrist is not ashamed. And if you look in the book of Revelation, chapter 9, when the great tribulation comes upon the world, they will not repent. They show no shame, they will not repent, and they curse God. Let's look at Revelation chapter 9 its in verse twenty twenty one, and the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues yet repented not of the works of their hands that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood which can, which neither can see nor hear nor walk neither repented they of their murders nor their sorceries nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. Now in Revelation chapter 16, the last plague that God brings upon this earth. Let's look at it. Verse 21. And there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent. And men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail for the plague thereof was exceeding great what I've found with these antichrist preachers is they show no shame and they don't repent and the things they teach are even blasphemy against God for when they teach against the Holy Spirit it's blasphemy against God and that is An unpardonable sin, Jesus said, in this world it's unpardonable, and also in the next world, when they teach against the Holy Spirit. Back to Jude for a minute. Verse 17. But, beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you that there should be mockers, In the last days. Mockers. They're men who copy other men. They are not called by God to do the work of the ministry. They just copy other men that they see do the work of the ministry. Kenneth Copeland's one of those. Back in the 1980s, I heard him tell how he started in ministry. He had been a singer, like Barroom Tap singer. And he... Had a wonderful voice, popular voice, popular music voice. He started flying a plane for Kenneth Hagen, a preacher. And Copeland would hear Hagen preach, and he said that he said, Well, I can do that. So he shut himself up in the garage for a couple of weeks and memorized Kenneth Hagen's tapes. And that's how he became a preacher. And hundreds of thousands of people go hear him. So, this is an example of what Jude's talking about. How there should be mockers, men who copy other men in the last time, who should walk after their own ungodly lust. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the spirit. They don't have the Spirit of God. They are going to speak things that make sense to their own fleshly minds. Even in the time of the apostles Paul and John, Antichrist was just waiting to take over in the churches and speak perverse things. Paul was speaking to the elders of the church at Ephesus Acts chapter 20, verses 29 and 30. Paul said to the elders, For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock, also of your own selves, of some of the elders. Shall men arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after themselves. Antichrist was already bringing false doctrine into the church at Galatia when Paul spoke to the Galatians in Galatians chapter 1. Paul said, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him, from Christ, that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another But there be some that trouble you and pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. See, they had no Bibles at the time of the Galatians when Paul spoke this. This was going to be the Bible. This epistle that Paul spoke was going to be the Bible. But there were no Bibles for them to look at. What happened is Paul wrote letters to the church. He wrote them on parchments. And they passed these letters around. And they read the doctrines of Christ as presented by the Apostle Paul in these letters. Now here has come somebody else preaching another gospel opposite from what Paul had taught. And in verse 9 Paul says, And as we said before, so say I now again. If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. Paul warned Timothy about those who would bring other doctrines into their churches. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. One of the doctrines that they would bring is that ministers couldn't marry Catholics. Doctrines of devils. That's not what it says in the Bible. In the Bible, ministers have the right to marry. Another doctrine of devils, and this is in the Catholic Church also, it would be the forbidding of eating certain meats on Friday. Meat, eating them on Friday. Paul said he, they will forbid you the eating of meats. And nothing is to be forbidden, for it is sanctified by God through prayer. But these are two of the doctrines of devils that where Paul was speaking of in First Timothy chapter 4, and both of them are in the Catholic Church. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 3, Paul says, As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus, when I went into Macedonia, that thou might charge some that they teach no other doctrine. They were trying to bring other doctrines into the churches. Paul was trying to stop it in 1 timothy 4:16 paul said to timothy take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine continue in them for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee 2 timothy chapter 4 verses 2 and 3 paul said to timothy preach the word be instant in season out of season Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They will get teachers who tell them what they want to hear, rather than tell them the doctrines of the New Testament Bible. Galatians chapter 1, Paul said to the church, verse 10, For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. A lot of people are trying to please men as they preach. Well, they can't preach these doctrines of Christ. But a lot of the doctrines of Christ are going to offend people. Because the doctrines of Christ are freedom from sin. God showed me the world wants freedom to sin. But the real Christians want freedom from sin. We're not wanting to be approved in our sin. We want to know what the sins are, so we can avoid them. We want freedom from sin, and it is the scriptures which keep us free from sin when we do them. But when they omit the scriptures and change them, then you can do anything and be approved by that church. But it's a path to hell for the ministers and the congregation. 2nd Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 10 through 12 You have to have a love of the truth and love of the scriptures which is truth and if you don't have a love of the scriptures and you love your church group more than you love the scriptures you will cast out the scripture and stay in that church group that is disobeying the scripture So here is the sentence of God on those people who do not have the love of the truth and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved and for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie that they might all be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 10 through 12. Being ready for the return of Jesus. Luke 21, verses 34 through 36, Jesus says, "And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting which is overindulgence, and drunkenness." And cares of this life. And so that day come upon you unaware. For as a snare shall it come on all them. That dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore. Watch yourself. Watch what you're doing. And pray always about what you're doing. That ye may be accounted worthy to escape. All these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Second Peter chapter 3 But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and all the works that are therein shall be burned up. Everything we can see with our natural eye will be destroyed in the day of the Lord. Second Peter 3 verse 11 Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat? Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. No one knows the day of the Lord, the day he will return. Therefore, every day we have to work to be in peace. And we do that through prayer. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Thank you for allowing me to speak this to you today.